You are listening to the Grace Church Podcast. To learn more about grace, including our gathering times, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Tommy Jones. Morning, guys. Happy Easter. That's good. That's good. Um, If you're new here, you should know I always wear a tucked-in shirt. So it's every Sunday. Make sure that you like that. Uh, Man, gosh, Easter's fun. I'm glad you all look great, by the way. You all look great. Fantastic. Good job. Uh, Thank you very much. Um, So here's the deal. It looks a lot different in here than it looked Friday night. If you were here Friday or you were here last week, this place was dark. I mean, there was black over, over the cross, and, and it was dark. And, and this is what it looked like on Friday night. There was this big planter, like this big bucket. And for us, that bucket represented the wrath of God. Because biblically speaking, uh, when they talk about God's wrath, they often talk about it as a cup being poured out on, on sin. Remember, God's wrath is not against humanity. It's against sin. And so God's wrath is being poured out against sin. And, and what we said was we came up last week or, and we all took a rock. And the rock represented our sin because sin is heavy. Sin has weight. Not only that, in the Old Testament, does anyone know what they did with sinners? They stoned them, and some of you are still doing that, but we're going to move on, okay? We're moving out of that mindset. But So we all took a rock, and we dropped our rock in the bucket, in the cup, and the cup was overflowing, right? Because in this house, when we all put our sin in a cup, shocker, spoiler alert, there was a lot of sin in the cup. You with me? But the sound of of the rocks dropping in there, man, uh, someone described it that it sounded like a hammer hitting a nail. If you were here, it sounded like a hammer hitting a nail. And and someone else described it as it sounded like a chain, like a chain falling. And and one of you described it as the sound it made when you hit that uh, payday on the slot machine. I'm not going to say which one of you that was. It was in another service. But it made a noise, right? And it was, it was a cool noise. It was like, oh, man, we could hear it. But it was, our, our sin was, was so full and overloading. Just everything in here was dead, and now we've got all this life. So the question becomes today, the question we should ask is this. What happened to the rocks? What happened to the rocks? All that sin, all that weight, it was a weight too heavy for any of us to carry. I mean, it was a weight too heavy for any of us to bear. So where did all the rocks go? What happened to the rocks? I've got a theory. Luke 24. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they, this is the women, they come to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. The stone was rolled away from the tomb. And when the stone was gone, the rocks were gone. When the rock was gone, the rocks were gone. When that stone was rolled away, so was our sin, cast as far away as the east is from the west. When that rock was gone, these rocks were gone. That's the good news of Easter, that Christ did what he said he was going to do. He took the weight. He drank the cup. He drank the cup of God's wrath. The the cup of wrath, it was just because God hates sin because he loves people. And and God hates that sin is destroying people. So the wrath is just. and, And the wrath is controlled because it's focused. And God's wrath is totally unfair. If it was fair, you'd have drank the cup. I'd have drank the cup. But the one who knew no sin became sin so that we might take on the righteousness of Christ. Not only did he take our sin, he gave us his glory. 
in the most unfair story the world has ever heard. Christ fulfilled the covenant. Covenant is kind of a churchy word, isn't it? But in my defense, this is church. So covenant is, is a word that means something to us. See, there, there's sort of two kinds of relationships. One kind of relationship is a contract relationship. And a contract relationship says, if you, then I. If you do what you're supposed to do, then I will do what I am supposed to do. And this is great for business. It's not great for marriages. Just a little note there. The if you, then I is not the greatest way because contracts are rigid. And where there is contract, there is not intimacy because it is legalistic and it's heavy and contracts are harsh and tough. And that's a contract. And God's love for us is not a contract love. God's love for us is a covenant love. And a covenant is different. And a covenant, covenant goes like this. No matter what, I will. Not if you, then I. That's a contract. A covenant says, no matter what, I will. And in the greatest act of covenant love the world has ever seen, God did exactly what he said he was going to do. Matter of fact, God made a covenant many, many years ago with a guy named Abraham in Genesis 22, 15. And it says, or Genesis 22, 17. It says, I will surely bless you. And make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations will be blessed because you have obeyed me. So God makes a covenant with Abraham. He says, from your offspring, I'm going to bless the whole entire world. And you guys are never going to believe who came from the offspring of Abraham. Go ahead. Guess the most churchy answer you can. Jesus, you knew it. Great job. So Jesus is from the offspring of Abraham. And I can promise you this. The Israelites did not keep their side of the deal. Over and over they failed. And then it got to us. And over and over we have failed. But in God's covenantal love, no matter what, he still did. Guys, if it was a contract, it'd be ripped up. If it was a contract, your cell phone would be canceled. If it was a contract, your car would be repoed. Am I, am I connecting with everybody yet? If it was a contract, uh, the water would be turned off. If it was a contract, we would all be hosed. But it was a covenant. And no matter what he did. As a matter of fact, in one of the coolest things I've ever seen, Jesus kept his promise even after he died. Like, have you ever heard of such a thing? By the way, I like this story. I love, this is, this is fun to me. Jesus, can you imagine keeping a promise after death? Listen, if you tell me you're going to do something and then you die, you're off the hook. That, that's just the way we're going to be, okay? Just so you know. If you tell me you're going to do something and then you die, you're off the hook. Jesus said what he was going to do, died, and still did it. How can you not trust this person? How can you not trust the one person who did what he said he was going to do after he died? This is unusual. This, this is good news. I love it. Check this out. This is one, oh man, I love this story. This is Luke chapter 24. If you got your Bible, open it up. Luke 24, verse 3, and it says this. When they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in gleaming clothing. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why are you seeking the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Didn't he tell you what he was going to do? 
Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be handed over to sinful men, crucified, and on the third day rise from the dead? And they remembered his words, and they remembered the tomb, and they reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest, and probably to everybody they came in contact with. So let's step into this scene. These women go to the tomb, and they're looking for a dead body. They go to the tomb, and they're looking for death. It's like you showed up here today, maybe you were still looking for rocks. They go to the tomb, and they're looking for death, and what do they find? They don't find an empty tomb. What do they find? Two dudes. They're standing there. Not only are they standing there, they're incredibly alive. Do you know how you know when someone is incredibly alive? They're gleaming like lightning. That's a sign of life. At some point, I wish some of you would gleam like lightning. <laughs> Be a sign alive in here. But that is a sign of life. And it's the reason our flowers are a little over the top. It's because when they came to the tomb, they didn't find death and rocks. They found over the top life. Life that had been transformed. Life that no one saw coming. Life they didn't expect. And it says, the women were perplexed. I bet they were. They were like, well, this is unusual. There's these two gleaming guys. And then the gleaming guys start to talk. And it says, why are you seeking the living one among the dead? He is not here. He's risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be handed over to sinful men and crucified, and on the third day arise from the dead? They said, don't you remember? Don't you remember what he said he was going to do? He said he was going to raise from the dead. He said he would come back. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you searching for life in a tomb? Well, why? It's, it's like we're still looking to find life in the rocks of this world. And if you're here today and you're searching to find life and fulfillment through somebody or through something or through your money or through your job or through anything else, you are searching for life in a place that will turn to dust. There is only one place to find true life. And I know because I looked everywhere else, only Jesus the Christ offers real life. And it's life that can't be taken. But we're searching for life and all the. It's like, going to, it's like going to Dollar General and looking for organic fruit. It just doesn't make sense. That's not where you go to buy organic fruit. Look for life in the place life is supposed to be. We're searching for life and things. Man, you can walk around with a pocket full of rocks for the rest of your life, but you will not find the joy you're looking for. And if you're looking for life in the rocks of this world, then you're still hanging out in the tomb with a dead body. And there is real life. There's better. There's better life. There's true joy and true hope and true peace. Man, I talked to a lady this week, and I could see in her eyes that she had so many wonderful things, but she didn't have peace. And peace is available for you. Peace is available no matter where you've been or what you've been through. Man, I know some stories in this room of some people who've been through some, through some things, and they still have some peace. They still have some joy. They still have some hope. That is only available when you drop the rocks and give your life to Christ. Guys, that's the Easter story. This isn't really that complicated. I mean, it's, it's unusual, but it's not that complicated. This is like choosing between Coke and Pepsi. I mean, it, it, he's clearly better. There is one choice that makes sense. There is one person who kept the promise. There is one person who will never leave you or forsake you. 
There is one person in this world who can give you what you desperately desire, and that is life. Real life. Meaningful life. Purposeful life. The kind of life that the world can't take because the world doesn't own you. But you've got to make a choice. Listen, the gift was free, but it requires a choice. You must decide. You must decide. And I don't want to put any pressure on you, but you should probably decide today. You should decide. Pocket of rocks or the king of the universe. Death or life. The promise keeper or a world full of broken promises. Is your hope in the systems of this world? Is your hope in the political systems of this world? Is that what you think is going to make your life great again? You have missed out on what God came to give you, and that is the greatness that you were created for. There is better. Listen, here's the greatest promise you'll ever hear. As a matter of fact, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And here's the second part. Some of you angry folks don't like. Go ahead. And For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but so that the world might be saved through him. Christ came to save you. Now, you can choose to drink the cup of wrath, but you can choose Christ. You have the option. You have an option today. You have an option to take two roads. One will lead to death and one will lead to life. You have an option to place your hope in things or place your hope in the person who kept his promise after he died. Sitting brain surgery. It's Easter. He's alive. I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you've done. Um, but I know you're in the right place today. I know the king of the universe can heal you. I know some of you are carrying some heavy stones, aren't you? See it in your eyes today. You're carrying stones of grief and, and pain and shame and all the different things. He can lift those from you. As a matter of fact, about 2,500 years ago, he carried them on his back and it was finished. It's done. Decide today what you will do. Listen, if you're close to God right now, get closer. Get closer. Take a step. If you're far from God, take a bigger step. If you're here today and you're honestly, and I love you're here today and you're here today because someone made you. I am so happy you were here like you don't even know. But let me tell you, my prayer for you is that you begin to believe that maybe there's a 3% chance this crazy dude on the stage is right. If you're here today and you don't believe, maybe you're just like, man, there's a three. There's a three. Because if there's a 3% chance that I put a billion dollars under your seat, would you check it out? If there's a 3% chance I'm right, I'm just asking you to check it out. Just check it out. Like we're going to start a series on Romans in a few weeks. Come join us. Do something. If you don't like me, if you don't like go somewhere else. But don't give up because the king didn't give up on you. And I know you've been through hard times. And I know you've seen some things. And I know you're in the midst of it. But there is life ahead of you. This thing ends in glory for those who place their hands in the hands of Jesus Christ. He's better. He's better than anything else. He is the king of the universe. And he's undefeated. I think that's a bet I'm willing to make. He loves you.
and he's alive. Now allow him to be alive in you. This is Easter, guys. Have joy. If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. And again, thanks for listening to the Grace Church Podcast.